the all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. And Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Yes, hello everyone. I'm just settled in behind the microphone, got the comfy chair and ready to deliver one hour of blockbuster news here on Sports Day WA for the Kia EV6 GT, the World Performance Car of the Year and Toolmart, the complete tool centre serving WA for over 45 years. We've got a good show coming up. I'm looking forward to it. I'm speaking shortly to Steve Harris. Uh, he was the former Fremantle Football Club president. He was there for seven years you're asking me, why did you get Steve Harris on? Well, I think it's opportune, uh, particularly what happened today with uh, the West Coast Eagles. And secondly, someone said to me during the week, and it got me thinking, had the Fremantle Dockers just waited a fraction longer, could they have stayed in Fremantle and maybe have been housed at the newly developed East Fremantle Football Club? In other words, East Fremantle Oval, that's undergone a multi-million dollar redevelopment because there are still some Fremantle supporters that feel that it's not the same club because it's not part of the Fremantle community. It's out there in Coburn, which is still a bit of a drive from the centre of uh, Fremantle and the Cappuccino Strip. We knew there was issues with Fremantle Oval uh, and the fact that it was uh, very busy there not a lot of room for expansion, but I reckon East from Oval would have been a good site, people were telling me, just as uh, late as yesterday, a couple of very uh, entrenched Fremantle Football Club supporters. Uh, they're invested in the club, and they said to me, I think it would have been better to maybe look at East from Oval than maybe Coburn. But Steve Harris was across that. So I thought I'd get his thoughts on whether the Coburn experiment – he finished in 2016, seven years on now, whether the Coburn experiment has worked as far as he's concerned. And he's a passionate Dockers man. Okay, he was president, but he's also uh, a man that's very, very invested in that football club, even now that he's moved on in an official capacity. So Steve Harris is going to join us on the program in a little while. We'll also speak to a cricketer who took the best figures of her career yesterday, WBBL Action we're talking about, and we're talking about Amy Edgar, who is more pronounced as a batsman, but yesterday against the Sydney Sixers, she took four for 19 to roll the Sixers and make the Perth Scorchers record another victory over the Sydney side. In fact, they've beaten them seven times out of the last nine. Elise Perry is just one of a number of stars that make up the Sydney Sixers makeup, but the Perth Scorchers have got the wood over them. And yesterday at the Wacker, a great performance by Amy Edgar. Four for 19 saw the Scorchers record a victory. They play the uh, Melbourne Renegades there tomorrow, so Amy Edgar's going to join us a bit later on. And also we'll go through the top seven stories of the week. But the big story today for the good oil for Cobram Estate, premium Australian extra virgin olive oil, is that the West Coast Eagles have appointed Don Pike dual premiership player for the West Coast Eagles in 1992 and 1994. 54 years of age, I believe, and he's now taking on a huge challenge to oversee a football club that in certainly 
on field has been on its knees for the last two years. Of course, still off field, it is a very, very strong brand and a very financial uh, and successful uh, business. But this is what Don Pike had to say at the press conference today. Firstly, about his the competition and what that's told uh, him and the footy club after what's transpired in the last couple of seasons. Clearly, the game has told us that what we what we've been doing it hasn't been good enough, and and we need to we need to get better. Um, and you guys have been around sport long enough to know there's no real there's no magic bullet here. There's no silver bullet that's going to solve that. It's going to get down to rolling the sleeves up, getting back to work, and uh, turning up. You know, in our in our preseason space, ready to go and and play to to compete to win games of footy, which is you know what the, the proud history of the club you know aspires to. Well, Don Pike was featured on the run home with uh, Andrew Marr and also Gazy uh, today, and that's what he said about the competition has told them they're not good enough today. He also spoke about that the Eagles can't accept their current on-field predicament for too much longer. The, the challenge you face as a footy club is to not accept um, where you're at for too long because what happens, I've seen, in, and it's happened to a lot of clubs, and it's not only... AFL but worldwide is that if you start to accept the level of performance um, it becomes the norm and it's very hard to elevate yourself out of it. The standards start to be reset to a point whereby it's very hard to go back up again um, and that's why there's a, there is a little bit of a sense of urgency right now about let's let's get this off season right, let's get ourselves back. Um, I don't know what that guarantees in terms of wins or losses, I just know that if the guys do the work, if we turn up and I've had a look at the squad uh, there's enough talent on there if we get that all out in the park to play some pretty good football and, and we need to just mm. reset ourselves and make sure we, we, we take that really positive forward-looking approach towards next season and um, and, and see where that gets us. And, and the journey back, will that starts the journey back, but it starts with the recognition of the work that needs to be done and the standard that the game demands. And, mm. and clearly we've got that feedback in the last couple of years. There you go. That's uh, Don Pike. A couple of grabs that he said today on the run home in Melbourne. By the way, Don Pike uh, will be featured on uh, Scotty and Goss on the SENWA Breakfast Program tomorrow morning. As we know, he's a legend at the Eagles. He played uh, in the 1992 and 94 AFL Premiership sides, 132-game career. He became an assistant coach under Adam Simpson. So he's an assistant to Simpson, and now he's Simo's boss. That's interesting, isn't he? Assistant to Simo, and now he calls the shots. Don Pike is uh, Adam Simpson's boss. He was on the West Coast Eagles board in the 2000s as well. He's a a life member, Hall of Fame member as well, so he's got a a pretty good CV. So we wish Pikey the best of luck. Uh, The big news today for Cobram Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested, and first cold-pressed in northern Victoria. Steve Harris will join us, uh, the former president of the Fremantle Dockers, in just a moment. But let's uh, roll out for the all-electric Kia EV6 GT supercar. In consultation, Paul Heath Heater and our executive producer, Jimmy Williams, have compiled the top seven stories of the week. Let's see if they got it right. Number seven. Alligator Blood at the 200 took the front. Romantic Warrior the outside. Alligator Blood at the 100. Romantic Warrior, Mr. Brightside. Still Alligator Blood. Mr. Brightside coming at it with Romantic Warrior. It's a photo finish. Mr. Brightside or Romantic Warrior. 
this horse is pretty special to me and when I mentioned to come to a Cox Plate I think he'd be the surfed horse. I meant what I said and Danny, credit to Peter and Danny, like, takes a hell of a lot of balls to come out of Hong Kong with all the prize money. They come here and showcase their boy. I reckon he's got more to come to, he's just been bubbling. He made significant amount of improvement like, like we thought he did and he loves the bloody valley. Oh yes he does. <laughs> Loves the valley, yes, loves the Mooney Valley atmosphere. Romantic warriors, awe-inspiring Cox Plate victory. And he brings it back for another Hong Kong owners uh, to taste. Uh, yeah, and uh, that was a, a great little line there by the jockey. That's James McDonald uh, post-race. That was number seven. Number six. It's been an absolute car crash over 10 months. Ready Jones, two wins from nine games, swallowed his first time bowing out in the pool stages at a Rugby World Cup. And um, 12 or 13 days ago, he said he was committed for the long haul and to see out his contract till 2027, and he quit last night. I did want to go on, mate, but it was, you know, commitments. Of coaching a team's a bit like being in a marriage, mate. You need commitment from both sides. And, you know, I was committed to change the team. Rugby Australia at the moment can't activate the resources, which are both financial and political, to get the change in place to make real change to Australian rugby. They don't like to be in projects. I don't think they can really get to where they need to get to. And, and you know, I've made that decision. I don't think that's the case. Eddie Jones, five months in the job, or was it seven months in the job, five-year contract, and he's gone. Uh, and there he goes, making some comments on why he decided to walk after what was a disastrous World Cup rugby uh, campaign there in France where they failed to get out of the pool stage. And prior to that, Tom Decent uh, on East SEN last week, also the Sydney Morning Herald uh, rugby writer, who actually uh, got the jump on the fact that Eddie was going to walk. Number five. Gone and oh, that's gone. It's a bonus. It's five wides. Mitchell Stark, what have you done here? Mitchell Stark, all the pressure on him now. It's in the spot. They'll come back for two. Trent Bolt will scamper. No problem at all. He'll get back. The pressure on Australia right now. They got 388. Let's just remind you. 388. And now it's under siege. Straight down the ground now. Long on is straight enough to cut it off as he is, he does. Jimmy Nation, he's hit it again. Has he hit it again? No, what a sensational bit of feeling. Marnus Labashang in the deep. Got to keep going, they've got to run. Got to get Jimmy Nation back on strike. They simply must. Is he back? Is he back? Australia believe he is not. On one leg, can Lockie smack it out of the park? Last ball of the game, here's Mitchell Stark. Lockie hits. Yeah, certainly the uh, World Cup game of the tournament so far. And it was Australia winning by five runs against New Zealand. Australia making 388 and New Zealand failing, as you heard, making nine for 383 and coming from literally the sky to almost steal a uh, remarkable victory against their arch rivals across the Tasman. In the end, uh, New Zealand again uh, lost last night. So at the moment, they're in danger of slipping out of the top four after winning the first four games of the tournament. Number four. Yeah, look, we'll obviously outline that there's a bit of a discussion with, with Belly around the opportunities that he sees with himself in, in the long term as well. Um, the ability to grow um, outside of footy, which is a focus around obviously our strategy and some projects that he'll be involved in. Um, but in addition to that, there's, there's the opportunity to really be 
refocus and, and harness the opportunity from a talent perspective uh, in the coming years. We've got Tassie coming in. Uh, we've obviously got a really young list that we want to see stay together for a long period of time and see that success sustained over a long period of time. So in those discussions with, with Peter and Simon and, and obviously then myself being involved in looking at the broader operations of the football department and how we can set it up for that success as well, ensuring that uh, we set ourselves up with Justin and, and the football management group across a number of aspects of, of football um, to obviously on-field achieve what we all want to. There's Joe Bridey taking over from Peter Bell in the role of general manager of football. As we know, Peter Bell has been given a new portfolio, a new portfolio that takes him away from the day-to-day handling of the football department. Number three. As I said, it was going from the clubhouse slash pro shop um, back to the, the team bus. Um, the guys were ferried on, on carts. Glenn and a few other players um, jumped on the back of carts and unfortunately... He lost his grip on the way back to the, the team bus and, and sustained that that injury. So, so and over the last couple of days he's been assessed and that's we've got all the information now, so that's why we wanted to call you in mm. around it. It was too soon to go with it yesterday. You're still being assessed, um, as is the nature with concussion injuries, that they're, they're not clear cut. Um, but he's been honest in terms of the information that he's provided and as I said, unfortunately that will rule him out of the England game. No, nah, there was nothing untoward yeah. in the behaviour um, yeah. throughout the whole day. It was just a, a clear-cut accident. Um, and unfortunately, as I said, it's, it's compromised what we do moving forward mm. as a team, which is the unfortunate part. But to reiterate that he's doing well and he's fine um, and there'll be no long-term mm. repercussions. Glenn Maxwell out of the match against England. As we know, so is Mitch Marsh, who is the part of the World Cup. He's uh, flown home to Perth for personal reasons. Marsh flew out of India last night. And leaves the Aussies with 13 players to choose from for that Saturday night encounter against the English. Number two. Fowler, it opens up for the shot. Oh, Mary Fowler. Breathtaking. Across the face. Kirk, she gets there. Well, it had to be, didn't it? A symbolic goal. The 900 in the history of the Matildas. And it's their all-time leading goal scorer. Great ball for Ford. Caitlin Ford still going. Desperate again. Saya, the cutback. And Tamiki Yalop. And I think that first camp after a big tournament can go, you know, either way. Um, either everyone's really tired and performances kind of drop off a bit. Um, or, you know, you're able to build off that momentum. And I think you can see in, in this camp, in three games, you're able to build off that. And everyone was just as motivated as we were in that first game of the World Cup. So it's been a really good camp, I think, for everyone. Um, and it's great to get three good results. She is a class act. She is worth going to watch alone, uh, Mary Fowler. The skills that she possesses, that's great goal last night. And I don't think I've seen a national team resonate with the Australian public as much as I saw in Perth this week. It's just quite unbelievable. It is unbelievable how much uh, people of Perth and the people of Australia just love this Matilda's outfit. They've gone from literally oblivion, we only knew Sam Kerr in the squad, to now almost every member of their major starting 11 being a household name, including Mary Fowler. And what great publicity 
going out with uh, Nathan Cleary, of course, the star of the National Rugby League and part of the Penrith Panthers, uh, and he won them the grand final. What a super couple that's going to be. Number one. Look, I think the football side of it is is clearly stands out. Um, how we do that, how we how I engage with our with our our people to do that. Um, and I, I've probably got a very simple simple view, which is we, we just got to get keep getting better. And I, I've been a believer since day dot that if every player on your list gets better year in year out, your team will be better. And so our obligation as a footy club, whether it's you're in the footy department or you're, you're, you're part of the, the club, is how are we getting better? How are we actually keeping on improving? Because if we can keep improving, the results sort of take care of themselves. So that'll be you know it'll be interesting to talk to, to Adam and his coaching group. Obviously, I've got close recent history in terms of um, the football side of things, but. I'll be stepping back because I'm the CEO. I'm not going to be running football. That's that's their their responsibility. But if I've got some value to add, which I think I will have, um, we'll certainly have those conversations about how we how we jointly get ourselves back where we, we want to be. Yeah, speaks well, Pikey, doesn't he? Uh, certainly makes a lot of sense, and we wish him the best of luck as the new CEO of the West Coast Eagles will take over in January of 2024. His priorities there over the off-season from his press conference earlier today. That's the top seven at seven. Uh, I certainly agree with the boys, the way they've put it together. I think certainly uh, Pike is the big story of the week. All thanks to the all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 500 and 28 kilometres of range. We're going to take a break. We'll go from the Eagles to the Fremantle Dockers next. Steve Harris, the former president of the Dockers, joins us next here on Sports Day WA.